DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What did you watch last night? For Yach and for PK and I, in normal times, back in the day, he'd come in and it was inevitably the Utes, the Cougars, the Jazz, football, basketball. We watch the stuff we talk about. It's pretty predictable. And we all watch it and we all got our theories on what happened and why. But these are different times. And uh, for those of us who watch a lot of sports, it's a chance to catch up on entertainment programming. Uh, we've been watching The Office. My daughter's seen it all and she thinks it's about time I stop watching football and basketball games and get up to speed. So I'm through season five now as of last night. We knocked out four or five episodes last night. And sitcoms are about 21 minutes or so. You just, just boom, 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 right through them. It's like watching a movie, knocking out four or five. Charlotte tweets at us, Reno911. You guys have got to check it out. It's hilarious. i got to say, I've never seen it. Have you ever seen it, PK? I have, yeah. They do some bizarre stuff on that show. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan. But if you ask me if I've seen it, the answer is yes. Uh, let's see. Other people uh, tweeting and stuff, different stuff. Uh, Kyler says he watched the league. It's hilarious. Yeah, I want to watch the league here very soon. Brad says uh, three ten to Yuma. I've been watching a lot of uh, the courtship of Eddie's father. You have not. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> There's no chance even watching that. I barely watched that when I was a little kid. Come on. In reruns. All right. DJ PK, it's time to talk a little football with Matt Bushman. BYU tight end, going to be a senior. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you guys. Does it feel I'll weird? here. Does it feel weird to be described as a senior? Do you look around and think, hey, what happened? How am I, how am I the senior? How am I the vet? Yeah, it is really weird, um, especially with what's going on right now. It's, uh, yeah, it's just weird times, and uh, my, my career's going by. A future NFL tight end, and you marry the daughter of a former NFL tight end, Did you really fall in love with her, or was this just a business decision to help you get to the NFL? (laughs) Um, Thankfully, it was not just a business decision. I did fall in love with her, and it was just uh, it's worked. It just worked out that I had a good mentor and uh, and a good father-in-law. So I actually didn't even know um, who Chad Lewis was before I got to BYU. So I think that's a that's a good thing. So how did you find out who Chad Lewis was? Because i got to say, my eyebrows went up when you said that. Chad Lewis, uh, he, he was his senior year, he was just awesome. He and Atula Mealy just crushed it. Have you gone back and watched some of that film? Yeah, I've watched some of that film. And I think, I don't know, I just, I just didn't, I think I was, I mean, he's, his senior year was like in 1996, I think. Yeah. I was born in 1995, so, I mean, I was just a little kid when he was still playing, and, um, yeah, I just didn't know a whole lot about him, so when I got to BYU, I think he introduced himself before before my mission, and that's when I first kind of, like, knew who he was, but when I got back from my mission, 
um, he's just always like so excited to meet the tight ends and the, the recruits coming in and that's when I first when I got back to my mission I really that's when I got to know him and after the spring game I watched a little bit of film with him so um, and then around that time afterwards I started going on dates with his daughter so it was uh, it's just yeah it's cool how everything's worked out so you had a decision to make in the offseason, and obviously you chose to come back, and you get counsel from a lot of different people. Well, obviously Chad Lewis knows what he's speaking about as far as staying in school and also what the NFL is like. How much did you rely on him to help you make that decision? Um, I definitely <clears throat> I definitely counseled with him just my wife and I would like, go over there and we'd talk to him and we would hear certain things and um, we were kind of closing in on our, on our decision. Um, but, I mean, he, at the end of the day, he wasn't trying to persuade me one one way or another. He was, I mean, he was really excited for me and thought it'd be awesome if I left and started my career, but um, he was also like, it could be awesome if you, if you stay and, I think everything will work out that way too. So, um, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was comforting to hear uh, from a guy that's done a lot in the NFL and had a great career. Just to hear that, it was like, I'm not, I couldn't make a bad decision. So that was, that was definitely helpful to hear. And at the end of the day, he was, he was excited that I decided to stay. Matt Bushman joining us, BYU tight end. I'm curious in this process how close you get to get to NFL coaches, GMs, players, what kind of feedback you get, how much of it is anonymous, how much do you know you're hearing from any given uh, team? How, how does all that work? Um, so it is kind of hard. I mean, you hear – I mean, there there's always scouts at practice that are trying to um, – they're just, like, evaluating us while we're practicing and – um, seeing just kind of like the our measurements and everything, but you don't really you don't get to talk to them a ton. So a lot of it comes from what some of the agents are like. We're allowed to speak with agents as long as like the BYU is like cool with it. We can we can like I don't know just get a hold of them and talk to them sometimes. And as long as they don't pay for anything, then it's and you don't like verbally commit to them representing you, you can pretty much, you can hear from them and get take counsel from them too. So you just have to trust what the agents are saying and hopefully they're talking to the, the right scouts and they're giving good feedback. That's a, that's what a lot of it comes from. Um, when a junior thinks about declaring, you can kind of get a a grade from like, it's like the it's like the NFL committee. I think some like GMs send it back where they think you either get like you're a first rounder, you're a second rounder, or you should stay in school. Um, so that's like a pretty vague um, report that you can get when you when you want to declare. But um, yeah, it's 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 kind of hard to know. You kind of if you want to leave as a junior, you definitely kind of have to bet on yourself and. Um, hope that you get invited to the combine and do really well. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting process and it's hard to really know where you stand, like within what round and where you're going to get drafted. 
So last year you had 47 receptions for 688 yards. This year the team loses three senior receivers who obviously won't be back. How much are you expecting your production to increase? Um, I mean, I would, I would hope that I could still continue to be a top, like the top target for for whichever quarterback starts. I mean, um, but we definitely have some some emerging receivers that have that are getting better. I mean, Gunner and Dax have had a lot of experience, and they're they're going to be really good for us this year. I'm I, I'm hoping and. Also, Neil Powell is coming back, and he could be a really – he's just a big guy, and he can be a really good target also. Um, so I think even though we have some receivers leaving, we still have some really good receivers that will step up and make plays for us. But, yeah, I, I definitely hope that my role can continue to be a top target and just be a security blanket for the quarterbacks when, when they feel that they're in trouble and – yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to this season a lot. BYU tight end Matt Bushman joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Uh, you know, coming off a 7-6 and six season, I think it's easy to look at three games, three road games, and it was a bowl game, but you were at Hawaii, it was a road game. There are three road games that were there for the taking. You had fourth quarter leads. You got outscored by a combined 34-3 to in those three games in the fourth quarter, and they were all so close what do you have to do to change those outcomes? Be better in the fourth quarter because obviously, man, from seven to six to ten and three, that's a that's a really different vibe at the end of the fe- at the end of the season if you if you turn those three games around and hold on. Yeah, yeah, that's what's so crazy. Like our season was just a couple of minutes away from a couple of touchdowns away from being really great, and it's uh, it was it was definitely frustrating for us as a team, but. I just think as a, as an offensive standpoint, in order for us to um, just fix those, I mean, I think we were not very good in the in the red zone. We did not. We were able to drive the ball up and down the field, but we just could not finish and score. And that was it was frustrating for us all. And as long as I think if we fixed that, we we would have been a ten win team this year. And um, we would have put more points on the board, and we would have been in a completely different spot. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Our red zone just needed to we needed to fix that, and for some reason during the season we couldn't we couldn't fix it. So this uh, spring ball obviously was cut short, and now uh, things are sort of in a, a halting situation here. And so much of what you guys do is work on your own to get better over the summer uh, and whether it's uh, individually or whether it's a group and throwing the ball with the quarterbacks or whatnot. Do you have any idea what you guys are going to be able to do in this uh, time, whenever it is, however long it is, to be able to make sure whenever the season starts you guys are ready to go? Yeah, it is It is weird and it's definitely up to, up to each, each of us. Um, the nice thing is we at least got, I think we had like six spring practices in. There were a lot of schools that didn't get any practices in. So at least we got a little bit to, to see where we were at. Um, but, yeah, I mean, BYU encouraged students that if they wanted to, they could go home and finish the semester. So we have some players that 
are back in their home states. Others are in Utah. Um, I mean, all the gyms are closed down except for, like, if you know, if you have one in your garage or if you know someone close by. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a a weird time, but the coaches all expect us to get our workouts in somewhere or another. If you don't have a gym close to you, you have to be creative. Um, Our strength coaches are giving us body weight workouts and... Um, yeah, it's, I mean, whether it's a situation or not, like in the summer, you have a lot of, you have a lot of free time where you can, you can choose how you want to, if you want to get better or not on your own. So I think this is just a good time if you're, if you're committed as a player and you want to get better, um, whether we're quarantined or not, you're, you're trying to figure out ways to, to improve. And this is just, uh a more personal way where you have to kind of, I don't know, just be smart, not uh, be in big groups of 10 or more. And I guess just once mm-hmm. after every workout, but yeah, it's just, uh, you can get stronger in this situation also and get better at football. So we're hoping we can join together as a team sooner rather than later, but no one really knows. So we're just playing it by ear. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, join us. You know, one thing you can do by yourself is is watch film. And we hear from different players that have really different habits. And I wondered if you like to watch your own film, if you like to watch opponents. Some people like to watch uh, film of pros, and some will go back a few years uh, to watch elite guys at their positions. Uh, any of that appeal to you? Any combination of that? Yeah. I mean, lately, I think I'd like, I like watching – a lot of the NFL film right now. Um, so, I mean, watching guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, I was able to get some cut-ups of them and just kind of watch how how they go about their business. Um, certain things that I want to improve on, I got some cut-ups from them. Like, just more explosive releases, more explosive in routes, and just kind of learning from them so that I can I can improve my technique and I think that's been pretty helpful. Um, and yeah, I mean, we also have, we have our film. I don't think, I don't watch as much of my film from the past. I'll watch a little bit of it, but like in, in during this period, I'll mainly focus on, uh, on like the, the NFL guys that, that I look up to and that I want to turn my game after. And then as the season gets a little bit closer, then I'll kind of dial in on, on the, teams that we have that we play so that's uh that's kind of how i do it right now oh folk did they give you specific stuff that you need to improve on um sorry you kind of put out would you say the the scout yeah did they give you specific yeah did they give you specific feedback that you needed to work on yeah so i mean there are like I said, the agents talk to the scouts and like agents kind of come back to you with some stuff. Um, so they they came back with things that I can improve on, like obviously just staying, getting stronger and um, just being a better run blocker. That's I feel like that's a big thing for a lot of tight ends and especially me, where I'm more of a receiving tight end. That's that's definitely something where I can be just bring a more physical presence and just have a little bit better technique. Um, 
in the run game. Um, and also they just kind of said like, I'm, it's, I'm able to get open easier in zone defenses. So they just had to work my man to man technique, get the guys off me when they're pressing me and, um, just kind of running with me down the field. So those are, uh, some things that I'm working on a lot, just man to man releases, trying to be more physical with, with that and just have more efficient techniques. So I'm not, um, wasting time when guys are guarding me man to man and also just trying to bring, learn better technique, better footwork in the run game so that I can, so I can improve on that also. Well, Matt, we appreciate a few minutes. Good luck, and uh, we look forward to seeing you whenever football starts up. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, now a senior. We talked with uh, Dane Brugler earlier. He said he was a little surprised that Bushman returned for his senior year, but uh, he is back for one more year, and Cougar fans have to be happy about that because there's a guy who gives him a chance for a mismatch, and not only can he make plays, but he can make the game easier for everybody else and maybe help other guys make plays as well just by his presence on the field. Oh, yeah, especially with the loss of the seniors that they had. I find it real interesting that they said they got that specific. You need to work on being able to get open against man coverage versus zone coverage. I'm not sure specifically what you would do to work on that, but then obviously the run blocking and getting stronger, we understand that that's always going to be the case. But specifically to make sure you find ways to being able to shed guys when you're in man coverage. But, yes, I mean, he had what they say at 44, 45 receptions. I think this year it's got to be up in the 60s, uh, and he's got to get uh, as close as he can to 1,000 yards because he's a real talent. And BYU always, when you look back when they've had their better seasons, the tight end is probably not just a critical weapon, but he's probably an NFL guy. And there's no reason why Bushman isn't that guy this season. He's certainly got the physical ability, and they have had a lot of tight ends there over the last 20 years, 25 years, who've gone on to the NFL. So I get all of that. I think that uh, I, I would agree with you about the 60. If you can get him to 60 catches and 1,000 yards, that would be great. I think that for that to happen, he's got to be better against man because maybe not every team will have someone to match up with him, but... It's out there when he said it. I knew I had read it before uh, that he was much more dynamic against zone defenses than he was against man, that he could get jammed at the line of scrimmage if he had the right guy. Uh, you know, you got to have the right, you got to have someone who's athletically good enough to do that. But if you look at their schedule, I think there'll be a bunch of teams who probably do. And I think defensive coordinators will look at it and say, well, this guy will dice us up in, in, in a zone, so we've got to play man. So if he's going to get to those 60 catches, he's going to have to do it by beating man defense. So I think those two things will end up going hand in hand. Yeah, I'm calling it right now 11 catches for 125 yards in the first game. Of course, that's the Utes. And 11 no, catches. Not necessarily. Uh, well, okay, it's, it's scheduled to be the Utes. <laughs> I think it will probably be the Utes. But no matter who it is, 11 catches and 125 yards, those are enormous numbers. I was going to say, you, those put, are, you put those numbers up. NFL scouts are like, hey, he worked on yeah, it. Yeah, 1,000 yards I think is about 85 per game. So if you go to 125, that's like 
almost 50% more yards. That's that's an enormous game. All right, DJ. Yeah, but I didn't say I didn't say it was specifically against the Utes, you, though. You did not clarify that point. I did not give you that. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Covered a lot of ground this morning from uh, 18 years together on the air to the uh, NFL draft to BYU's Matt Bushman to how'd you kill time last night? What'd you watch? We'll catch up on all of that. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. In an effort to shield lesser-income employees from being asked to take pay cuts, the Lakers reportedly asked team executives to voluntarily defer 20% of their salaries due to the economic uncertainty with regards to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Arizona freshman guard Nico Mannion, son of former Ute and jazz player Pace Mannion, has declared for the 2020 NBA draft. Mannion was second-team All-Pac-12 this season. Kevin Garnett says he is not entertaining the idea of the Timberwolves retiring as number 21, saying he hasn't forgiven team owner Glenn Taylor after an acrimonious split in 2016. Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick is not a fan of playing games without fans in the stands. Quote, I don't see a model where we play, at least in the extended number of games and facilities where we don't have fans, Swarbrick told ESPN. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Right now, there's nothing more important than clean. That's why Zero Res is reducing their rates to help as many people as they can. Schedule with Zero Res right now for $25 per room. Minimums do apply. Call Zero Res at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Potentially, I could see it starting that way. You know, maybe you say... We're going to play a game or two that way. I don't think you can conduct a season that way. I think spectators are too central to the experience. Uh, I don't think it would be fair to our students. You know, and I, I, I'm, I don't like the idea of our our game day stadia just being television studios. Uh, they they need to be alive with people in attendance. That's Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick. No studio audiences, PK. Got to have the roar of the crowd. Got to have the bands. Got to have all the chaos and all that stuff. All the energy. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you could do it without it. But it's totally different. Do you think it would be as good on TV? Because we've been at scrimmages where there's been nobody or spring games where there's been 5,000 or less, and it is definitely a different energy. Well, yeah, I've been to plenty of San Diego State games. Oh! (laughs) Boom, roasted. So, of course it's not going to be as good, because part of the fun is not just the game. College football is an all-day event, much like the NFL, but we'll just deal with college because it was a Notre Dame athletic director, and that's the season that starts a week or so before the NFL. Part of the fun is the tailgating, and, and I've been in Notre Dame stadiums, the stadium, and 
I've seen that tailgate, and it ranks right there with anybody's, and it's such a big deal. And you only got six or seven opportunities a year, so everybody cherishes that. And if you don't have that, that's obviously going to be gone, and that's going to be a major part. So, no, it's not going to be as good. It's not going to be near as good. But if we get to that point in the fall where that's where we're at, then that's where we're at. And so, well, yeah, it's, it's not mm, ideal, but I don't think you make any declarations. We're going to do it this way, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So they do have five plans, and if that would maybe they slide the season back a month, they slide it back whatever, however many number of weeks. If you're close uh-huh. enough that you can play but not close enough to have fans, it seems like you're pretty close at that point. Agreed. All right, well. All he said is, I don't see a model where we play. He didn't say, no, no chance over my dead body. So he gave himself wiggle room. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think under this circumstance, I wouldn't have used that phrase. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Gee, <clears throat> and you have a little sensitivity to the cause there, Made buddy? me a little uncomfortable over here. <laughs> apparently not. I mean, I can lie and make something up, but apparently not. <laughs> you might want to retract that. <laughs> I'm the Notre Dame AD, and I rule with an iron fist. How's that? Jeez. Arizona freshman Nico Mannion stunned neither you nor I by declaring for the uh, NBA draft. Second team, all Pac-12. Shot 39% from the floor, 33% from the three. Those numbers are not going to impress NBA scouts at all. But on potential, he should still be a first-round draft pick, I would think, so... Off to the NBA he goes. Oh, I think he'll definitely be a first-round draft choice. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, we'll have to see uh, when we get there, obviously. But I think for him, he's got to come out. He can't afford to go through another season slogging around in that uh, Arizona offense there, particularly with all the stuff that's around that Arizona program. Man, you talk about toxic. That, that program just... Seems like it's a good program in terms of winning because it's not like they had the bad season. They would have played in the NCAA tournament. But they go in with such outrageous expectations every year. They finish, what, fifth in the conference. And there's so much pressure on these kids uh, because Arizona basketball, you look at it, all all those people there. I mean, go to any game and you see all these old people and they just live and die by it. And Sean Miller grips so hard, he's sweating in pregame warm-ups. And get, uh, get away from all that stuff. You're going to be in the NBA. And as Pace said, you get to the NBA, and then it's up to you. And I like the way he said that the last time we had him on when he was talking about that. It's up to you to take advantage of whatever opportunity, because you're going to get an opportunity. And then, did you work hard enough, and are you good enough? And... Even though it's his son, and obviously he loves him, and he wants him to succeed, and we all do, Pace understands. It's up to the kid, man. There's nothing I can do about it at that point. What are you going to do? And that time is now for him. Go in the league, develop yourself, see where you're at in two or three years, and then maybe you can have a 10-plus year career in the league. Major League Baseball kind of uh, cooling off the speculation about 30 teams going to Arizona to play games as soon as May. They put out a statement which included this. While we've discussed the idea of staging games at one location as one potential option, we've not settled on that option or developed a detailed plan. So kind of cooling off the uh, speculation there, PK. Well, I don't think there's any 
somebody who's developing or has developed, maybe developing is the wrong word, but have de- has developed an absolute plan. We're going to do option A because that's our best right now. Nobody knows for sure. I think all these things are being discussed, just like Adam Silver said the other night with Ernie Johnson. You know, they're discussing all these possibilities, and that's where they're at. And there's nothing wrong with discussing possibilities to try to get your league back because, I mean, that's the whole point of the thing is to play the games, right? And so, you know, that, again, that's, that's like the not having the fans in the stands for the college football. If you had to go to Arizona and just play in a central location, you know, that's not ideal either. But it's probably better than the alternative if the alternative is nothing. And we'll know more in two weeks from now than we know today. And in four weeks, we'll know more in two weeks and blah, blah, blah. And you, you get to the point where you know, your Dr. Fauci will say it's okay to go. And then I don't know that we'll ever reach the point. Hopefully we do, but we'll reach the point where, yeah, man, it is back to normal. Just like we had at this time last year, you know, how much is, uh, has our world changed permanently? That's what I find to a degree fascinating. What are going to be the changes that we'll see that will be implemented now? And it won't just be on a temporary basis. It literally be permanent going forward remains to be seen. But I think we can all agree that we're going to see some changes that just aren't for the season, so to speak. They are forever. I guess the comparisons to nine one one certainly airport travel changed yes. a lot. Digging up the exactly. uh, yep. the video of the nineteen ninety eight Utes—that's the first thing that strikes you. Is there's Dave Fox and I out doing interviews, both of us on different days, different occasions. But during that run, both of us doing occasions out at the gates, and that that would just never happen now. And that's just. You're not going to be standing no. under the C3 sign doing interviews anymore. And then it was totally normal. And now it was just, just wouldn't happen. As you know, I was hired at the Tribune at the gate. Oh, yeah, right, because Kirk Cragthorpe chased you out there as you were getting ready to leave to offer you the job. That wouldn't yes. happen now. He'd, he'd be texting no. you or calling you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right, today is uh, 18 years 18 years of us doing the show together. Uh, favorite memories, PK. Stuff that happened during the show that cracked you up or made you think or whatever it was. Uh, well, this show or for the 18 years, because if it's the 18 years, we've had a million of them. I mean, it has been a phenomenal run. I hope to continue it for several more years with you. Uh, doing it and with Yach as the producer that would be nothing more than I would want for the unless Yach gets a promotion and we understand that uh, big time Yach something else big so time the, so well, the Kyle Whittingham idea <laughs> right Either you're yeah, moving well, up well, or you're yeah. sticking with us right yeah I mean, I'm not going to hold you back if, if something comes I appreciate up down the that line. I, I will I have no doubt that uh, <laughs> something will come up and down the line but DJ and I, uh, for better or worse, and it's actually been for way better than worse, we're sort of stuck together, but there's uh, all sorts of stuff, and it's funny what people remember. That's what's always fascinated me, is people remember what they remember. You may not remember it, even though you said it or were a part of it, you don't remember it, or it didn't resonate with you when you said it the way it did with people who heard it, and that entry-level Kardashian thing, <laughs> that was some throwaway line, I don't even know remember when, but yet all these years later... Later, one of the listeners remembers it. I'm grateful for that, and and I admit it was a funny line and all that stuff. But uh, if you would ask me, hey, did you remember that? I probably would have said no. And if you would ask me, you think somebody else out there remembered it? I probably would say no. 
I would have probably put out there 50 to 100 things before I did the rolling around on the desk to Madonna like a virgin. But I do remember doing that once somebody brought it up. <laughs> I do remember doing, you doing that, and I was disgusted then, I and I was disgusted were. now. It is pretty awful. I don't know where you got that wedding dress. You must have called up Dennis Rodman. Uh, we're close. <laughs> when he goes to North Korea, he leaves me the key to the condo. So I, oh, okay, that's I can right. Go over you guys, and, I can yeah. go over and get it when Dennis heads overseas. Yes. Uh, biggest stories that we've been uh, around, covered, seen, observed in the 18 years. Uh, a whole bunch of stories. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the Pac-12, uh, Jerry Sloan resigning, uh, the free agents that they signed, uh, changeover in management, uh, Larry Miller's passing, uh, BYU, which had been so good in football, having three consecutive losing seasons, uh, Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall's resignation was a surprise, although he spoke about leaving. That specific when he did leave was a surprise to the university that he chose was a surprise. All sorts of stuff. Kyle Whittingham, I had literally talked to him. Dick Harmon wrote that thing about uh, him saying he was going to go to Utah, BYU. At one point in the night, that was true. I had spoken to him, and then obviously he changes his mind. The Urban Meyer run was incredible. The BCS busting. I mean, we live in a great, great sports market. True story. Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl, the year of Jimmer, uh, conference realignment, Pac-12, Independence, West Coast Conference. Uh, there have just been some enormous stories on the college scene. I think all of, the, of all the teams that we watch, interview people, cover, I don't think anything's changed more than Aggie football, though. Others have been up and down, but I think are more ballpark to what they've always been. Certainly the Utes have gotten a lot better over 25 years, but the Aggies were just borderline irrelevant, terrible, rolling out three and nines and four and eights and just just the lethargy around the program. And to see them, the facilities, the changes in leagues, and and, and you, I mean, the youth of the Pac-12 is different. But when they were in the Mountain West, they could still be ranked in the top 10. They could still play in the Sugar Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, if you want to go back to the 90s, but that's before our show, um, certainly things have changed for them. But I, I just think the Aggies are in a completely different place than they were when we, you and I walked in day one. Nor did we really have any idea. There was a sense that Utah was a sleeping giant. You had that. You talked about that sense from the day you got here. Uh, but I don't think anybody really talked about the Aggies that way. Oh, no, they were abysmal for so many years. Yeah, if they won four games, it was actually a good season. And the thing that made it so sweet was that it was what I would consider one of our own, a guy we've known for a long time, Gary Anderson, and he was responsible for building that program and get it to be where now if they lose games, like they lost a couple of games, that first game and last game that they had, I believe they, much like BYU, they should have won both of those games. And that's the level of expectation that we have for those guys. And, you know, we look forward. They're, they're a must-watch now and well, they, in both sports. Uh, with uh, football and basketball, they become must-watches. At least for me, I, b- I believe that you know I have got to watch them when at all possible because they're worth talking about. And for years, they weren't worth talking about. And that's fun. The the uh, the better, the more, the better the teams are. The better we enjoy it, and the better it is for us and our listening audience. 
And uh, as far as professionally, you know, looking at the Jazz, kind of three distinct eras. You know, there was Stockton and Malone, and then there was a three-year lull with no playoffs while they rebuilt. There was a good four-year run. And it looked like they were on their way to a good fifth year, and then it all blew up. But with uh, Darren Williams, and then uh, and then Boozer and O'Kerr and and Kirilenko and all that, and then there was another lull, and now three years. Well, we assume it was about to be a fourth straight playoff appearance here. We'll see how this season wraps up if they have playoffs. But uh, th- that's kind of the ebb and the ebb and the flow of the NBA. You get a group together, you have a good run. The Stockton Malone run was just. Boy, putting together a run like that is just legendary. Few teams do that. I think it's been a little more normal with the ebb and the flow. Because um, we started doing the show. That was probably your best call. You, you just spent the whole 18 years trying to top that. I'll not forget sitting there the morning the Jazz are going to clean out the lockers after Sacramento. And Stockton had gotten the standing ovation. Even Kings fans knew that's his last game. His contract's up. You know, the the run is over. It's It's clear. And... Uh, you said he's gonna he's gonna do it. He's gonna retire in the locker room when he cleans out the locker room. He's not gonna take a day or a week or a month to think about it, which which Larry Miller certainly would have given him if he wanted it. He said he's gonna walk up there. Not probably. He's gonna walk up there and do it. And sure enough, he blurted it right out. He talked for three and a half minutes. He started to tear up, so he broke it off, turned the corner, headed out the door, and he was gone without even telling Carl Malone. Nailed it, PK. <laughs> Uh, that was the uh, that was years of being around John Stockton to a degree. I mean, in a distant way, not in a close way. But you knew his personality wasn't to have a big production. Although then, what, a month or so later, they did have a big production. And we all went to that. We, I, at least I did. I, think I did. did yeah, too. I was there. And, we're, and, you know, they filled the arena. And they had a big retirement sort of party send-off, which was cool. Certainly, uh, you know, he deserved that type of thing. But, yeah, it, it was it, – indicative of his personality that he was going to be low-key. He was just going to say, that's it, I'm done, goodbye, see ya, and then have a few weeks to gather himself up and had that promotion or that uh, celebration that he had there, and that was a lot of fun, and that was that was the way he was going to do it. I really believe that was the way he was going to do it, and that's the way he chose to do it, which for him, being true to himself, was the right way. DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback's next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I think you guys' ability to have a radio show last so long has to be DJ's ability to check every sports schedule ever made. Coming up on the Masters today on the Golf Channel. <laughs> that comes in from Lane. He's a long-time That's, listener. Yeah. Lane, a long-time listener right there. Uh, today was a good day. <laughs> today was a good day. Utah Jazz Fan Show says we stayed together because that Jacob C. Hatch probably has had a hand in keeping things together all these years. Oh, yeah. He's had two hands. Two hands on the wheel. <laughs> steering the good ship lollipop. Steering? I'm not sure steering applies. <laughs> Keeping us from running the ground. <laughs> Hitting that jetty. Uh, feedback is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com.
Miss Grace says, your patience. Thanks to both of you for making this show look easy. Are you patient, PK? Uh, I could be more patient. Yeah, we all could be. Uh, I Spy says, you guys made it this long because you're in possession of some compromising pictures. <laughs> it's all blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's about time we came clean. Uh, we got another one here. Uh, I don't know why it's stuck with me all these years, but every day that I hear his voice, it runs through my head. I think PK is very subliminally powerful. Ooh, subliminally powerful. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds cool. It does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Clint says uh, the key to our show has been essential snake oils. <laughs> oh, yeah. No question. Makes me feel so much better. Uh, Snazzy Coogan says because Kevin Graham's lowering the bar. <laughs> Kevin Graham's probably at a bar. <laughs> Five minutes before 11 in Dallas. <laughs> Uh, Jeff has a recommendation for us. Two shows that you guys will have to watch now that you're not watching a lot of sports. Breaking Bad and Ozark. Okay, I'm familiar with the Breaking Bad, but not Ozark. I think Ozark is uh, pretty new, and it's following people in Arkansas. And although I have not seen it, I've heard that uh, it makes Duck Dynasty look pretty sophisticated. Oh, great. You know, I used to have family living in Arkansas, and I went there many times, my wife's grandmother. So that chapter of my life is over. (laughs) All right, DJ PK, we're out of time. Happy 18 years, PK. Back here tomorrow morning. You ready to go? Yep, absolutely. All right. DJ PK, thanks for joining us all these years, and we will talk to you again tomorrow morning from 6 to 10 on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.